It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation the Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we're going to talk about reports. The Packers are interested in Everson Griffin. We're also going to talk about what happened in baseball over the weekend, how the NFL's plan to deal with the coronavirus could set them up in a much better position to actually have a season outside the bubble. So some good news. We actually get to have a positive discussion about all of this coming up a little bit later. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to just add a little bit of an addendum. Uh, We were talking yesterday about uh, the Aaron Rodgers uh, potential of another team taking on the rest of the money that is on his contract. Uh, After we recorded, uh, I I looked it up. And because of the way that it is structured, uh, the money that is on the contract that is left is really not on the contract. It's just cap math. So the Packers owe Rodgers guaranteed money that is becomes dead money. But it only becomes dead money because of a, a fluke in the CBA that allows teams to spread out signing bonus. And so they're, they're owing him the money on the cap in years future. But that money's already been paid out. So... There is no way a team could theoretically take it on. Uh, I know that that is a a big addendum, but I still think it's an interesting question to ask. I asked it on Twitter and got a lot of interesting responses. Most people decided that they would trade the idea of having Aaron Rodgers if someone could take on all that money, if it allowed the Packers to extend all of their players. And they they are going to still be facing some pretty dire contractual consequences uh, if if the salary cap does drop as far as it looks like, at least the bottom of it uh, could possibly be. All right, now to the fun stuff. On Monday, Ian Rappaport reported that Everson Griffin has narrowed down his potential 2020 team list, and it includes the Packers. And 
It also includes Minnesota. Mike Zimmer apparently wants him back, and Everson Griffin is interested in coming back as well. The Packers are often used as leverage. Brian Gutekunst, this goes back to Ted Thompson, they're always in these discussions, and that's by design. They always want teams to know, hey, we're interested, we're going to call, don't leave us out of the equation. It's also the kind of thing that agents will say, hey, the Packers are legitimately interested. You know we met with them, et cetera, et cetera. What better way to draw out a higher bid from the Vikings than to say, oh, you don't want to meet my salary demands. Okay, cool. I'm going to go play for your division rival and the team that beat you twice last year and right now is the favorite to win the division. Okay, that is going to be some powerful leverage. It is the kind of thing that an agent leaks to a trusted media source to put out there to allow the player to gain a little bit of leverage in negotiations. Now, that's not to say that the Packers aren't actually interested and that Everson Griffin wouldn't actually be willing to play there in that scenario. Uh, I'm just suggesting that that is the most likely outcome here. Now, let's say the Vikings balk. They say, cool, if that's what you want to do, vaya con Dios. Well, what, what would Everson Griffin look like in a Mike Patton defense? Scary. Really scary. According to Pro Football Focus, Everson Griffin was the 20th graded edge in football last year, 20th in pass rush grade as well. He is still a very good player. And imagine the different lineups that Mike Patton could put out there. I mean, you could be talking about a base that is Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Everson Griffin. You just put all those guys on the field at once. And then Christian Kirksey. It's like a it's like a one four one. And then you play your five defensive backs behind, which is what Mike Patton always wants to do. Imagine trying to set up your blocking schemes if Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Everson Griffin are standing up and Kenny Clark has got his hand in the dirt in the middle of your offensive line. Who is coming and from where and when? That would be a nightmare. I mean, the Packers immediately become the best pass rush in football, potentially. I mean, it was probably San Francisco last year, and and they moved on from DeForest Buckner in the trade. Javon Kinlaw could eventually become a very good player, expecting him to do it as a rookie with no offseason would be a pretty big ask. Instead, you have a top three interior rusher in Kenny Clark, one of the best three to five edge rushers in Zadarius Smith and two more top 15-ish edge rushers, Preston Smith and and Everson Griffin, plus whatever Rashawn Gary can give you, someone who can play inside, someone who can play a little bit with his hand in the dirt. He can play a little bit of anywhere. Zadarius Smith can play a little bit of anywhere, and Everson Griffin can slide down inside and also give you pass rush from there. Now, I got some pushback from fans on Twitter about Everson Griffin. Oh, You know, wouldn't it make more sense to get Snacks Harrison or Mike Daniels and bolster the run game? And longtime listeners of this show know how I feel about that, number one. But number two, it's just better to have the best pass rush in the league or a top two pass rush, if we're just going to be charitable to the 49ers or someone else. 
than it is to marginally improve your run defense. I mean, it just is what it is. And it's just more important. It's more important to Mike Patton. And Everson Griffin is a disruptive run defender as well. It's not like he's bad. Uh, so he could he could give them something there. Plus, if you're playing those guys together a lot, and I would assume that they would do that, that means fewer snaps for Dean Lowry, fewer snaps for an unproven guy like Kingsley Kiki or Montrevious Adams, and more snaps for guys like Everson Griffin, who we know are good, who we know are disruptive. And you can't do what teams did to Mike Patton's defense a couple years ago and say, okay, if you're going to play these sub packages, we're going to throw on first down because they might have Everson Griffin and two other really good edge rushers on the field on first down. And they might on second and eight have a NASCAR package where they've got four outside linebackers who are all coming. If you want to run, great, great. But if you're going to throw... They're coming. They're coming to hunt your quarterback. Now, again, this is potentially all moot because I think the most likely scenario is that Griffin is using the Packers as leverage. But stranger things have certainly happened. And the Packers have had their fair share of players defect late in their careers to Minnesota. That's normally the direction that this travels. I think it would certainly be uh, a little bit of a, a, a weird allocation of resources for Green Bay, especially when Tremont Williams is still out there. We're going to touch on Tremont at the end of the show just briefly. And, you know, still wondering if, if they do need some more help on the interior defensive line or if there's a receiver out there, Taylor Gabriel perhaps, who could give them something. Uh, it would It would be a little bit strange, but there's just no doubt that Everson Griffin is better than any of those guys. Everson Griffin is better than what Snacks Harrison was last year. Everson Griffin is better than what Mike Daniels was the last two years or three years. Everson Griffin is better than what Taylor Gabriel was, potentially more impactful. And having depth on the edge, having depth with your pass rush is about as valuable a thing as you can have on defense. Defense is the kind of thing that is about who your worst players are, not who your best players are. It's like golf in that way. It's not how good your best shots are. It's how good your worst shots are. And you might only hit two perfect shots in a round. But if you if you don't hit any bad shots, you're going to shoot a nice score. I don't know anything about that. I've just seen it. I've watched people do it. My wife does it. Uh, and I, I wish I could do it. But that's how you build a defense. And so the more depth you have, the more reliable players you have, the better. And then if you're emphasizing something, emphasize the passing game, whether it's coverage or pass rush. So I would I would certainly think it was a wise decision if the Packers decided to go that route with Griffin. Um, and, and I don't know how much it changes Minnesota. It certainly makes them better for him to be back. I do think the Vikings, if they aren't able to sign him, and that would be one reason for, for Green Bay, especially if the money is right, a one-year deal, uh, then you know you're you're making a division rival worse, and maybe that is a little added incentive on top of the the leverage that you create for Everson Griffin is saying, hey, if you sign me, you are taking away the the opportunity for Green Bay to sign me, and and that has its own sort of built-in benefits as well, at least of course to Minnesota. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich 
thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So some things happened over the weekend, and we have to talk about them because they are relevant as we look at what the NFL is going to be doing to make sure that the season as it stands right now is as likely to happen and continue to happen as possible. What we saw in Miami with the Marlins is inexcusable, and I don't want to delve too far into the, the minutiae of that situation. Too long, didn't read. The Marlins had players who were positive. They didn't take the necessary precautions, even though they knew that that was the case. And it spread, including to Derek Jeter, by the way. And all of a sudden, now you have an outbreak that costs you games. This cannot be the way that the NFL handles this situation. They cannot be so scared to either delay games or to force players to sit that they say, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, just make sure everyone is playing on Sunday. It can't be that. And teams have to do a better job than the Marlins did in this situation as well. They have to be willing to say, look, Patrick Mahomes, if you have COVID, you are out two weeks. No questions asked. It just has to be that way. And we did find out First of all, that Green Bay's infectious disease plan was ratified and accepted. So they have an acceptable plan moving forward. But more than that, the NFL has released its own uh, set of parameters for training camp. And what we found out was that there's going to be, in the span of four days, three tests. You have to be negative on those three. And then you go into the, the building, into the facility, where you'll be tested every day. 
And the theory is, at least the theory is, those results will come back, if not daily, you know, you get them the next day. So let's say you have a test in the morning. These tests, the kind that they're using, they can be done in, in a matter of hours. So you can you could get a test at 8 a.m. and be ready to be on the practice field by 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and we're going to have a lot of afternoon practices, apparently. So, okay, same kind of deal at the end of practice. Everyone gets a test. You come in in the morning. You find out your results. If everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing, not going out, not engaging in risky behavior, not going to Magic City to get wings, Lou Williams, if you don't know that story, go look it up, then this can work. And the daily testing with the daily results is what's so key here because the problem that baseball is having is even though they play every day, they're not testing every day and they're not getting results every day. So you're having guys, and this happened with the Washington Nationals' best player. He was positive, and they didn't know it, so he's hanging out with the team, and it turns out a couple days later, now he's positive. If you if it takes you two, three days before you can find out the results, that doesn't do you any good. It, it's almost like, you're at that point, why even bother? Because you've already exposed your whole team and potentially your opponent's to the virus and luckily if you're the NFL you're hoping that everyone is taking these precautions there there is a a set of parameters in place the daily testing theoretically makes it easier to early detect what's going on and you can mitigate potential spread if someone has it they don't practice someone has it they don't play there is already a case. The Minnesota head of their, their Viking sports medicine is positive. You would think that he's taking all the necessary precautions. He's doing everything right and still wound up positive. There are going to be players who get it. And the NFL has a designation for this. There are guys that are going to go on a specific list. It, it is a, a an official designation whether it's exposure or positive tests, it's it's basically whether it's isolation or it's uh, you know additional testing or whatever it is. These guys are going to have that designation. Teams are going to be able to use that. It's not like they're going to have to have some sort of burden on the roster. So there is every incentive for these teams to do the right thing. Of course, outside of the fact that these guys are going to have to potentially miss time. If they can follow through with the testing, if the plan that is in place can be followed, this can work. The question is going to be, are the players, are the coaches, is the staff going to do everything that they can do from home? Because there is no bubble. So you you can't stop a packer from going to the grocery store. In the NBA, you can because there's an actual bubble, a physical space that they cannot leave or or risk facing quarantine. And that sounds like a, a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's the reality of what they're doing. Baseball could have had a bubble. They decided against it. Now, that makes even less sense because they're playing a bazillion games in two months, and that's dumb. The NFL, they're doing 16 games. 
And we'll be lucky if we get 16 plus the playoffs. Hopefully by then we have, you know, whether it's treatments, vaccines, et cetera. But they have protocols in place. If everyone follows the protocols, we'll be okay. The problem is not everyone is going to do it. Even in the NBA where they have the strict protocols, Lou Williams didn't do it. The Marlins didn't follow him. And so you hope, you hope, daily testing, all that stuff, that is so key that everything flows from there because if someone doesn't do the right thing, they get it. Early detection can prevent an outbreak on your team because what you can't have, what you absolutely cannot have is 15 guys on a team have it. You know what's going on in college football where Clemson or LSU or whoever it is has like 40 guys who are positive and you can't field a roster. Can't have that. A couple guys here and there, it's not going to be the end of the world, hopefully, as long as everyone is healthy and recovers and all that stuff. This is going to happen. And and the NFL actually has protocols in place and people in charge specifically of handling just the control part of it. So, okay, now it, it has happened. There is a situation. Now what? And as long as everyone is doing what they're supposed to do, this is this is going to be about compliance. If people do what they're supposed to do, we can have an NFL season. And that means everyone in the community too. Wear a mask, stay home, stay away from players if you see them out. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Mark Murphy said, if you see someone at the grocery store, you see someone at a restaurant, whatever, don't go say hi. Leave them alone, let them be, and try and keep them safe. I think that is a, a great way to handle it. I know that it, it is unfortunate because Green Bay, the part of the fun is that you're with these guys in the community and there's almost no escaping it if you're the players. They need to be protected. We all need to be protected. We need to protect each other. So let's do that. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at wise.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. I want to finish up here with um, just a, a quick discussion about what Tremont Williams said on Wildy and Tausch yesterday. Uh, he said that he is in touch with the Packers, or at least had been, uh, has not been recently. But that was at least the implication that, that I got from it was that the Packers wanted him back or, or were interested in having him back and that he hadn't made a decision. He was still worried about the health part of it, worried about if the protocols were going to be in place, if, if everyone was going to be able to do this safely. 
He did follow up by saying he's 90% going to play. So I don't know if that is, hey, the Packers would love to have you back, but we want you to take the league minimum, and Tremont's like, nah, I'm good. Or if it's, okay, we understand, uh, come in, you don't have to come to training camp, just come play. And come in, and, and you'll be ready to go, and we trust you to do it. Maybe that's the situation. And maybe it's just the kind of thing where he's a veteran. He doesn't want to you know, put undue stress on his body. He's got a family. Uh, you don't want to you know, add risk, all those things. Just show up, go play, and try and win a Super Bowl. So there, there is now some context we have. Because I've been wondering this. Why, why are the Packers just not said, Tremont, come back? Especially in the world that we're in. If guys are probably going to get this, then you, you need to make sure that you're mitigating risks as much as possible from a roster construction standpoint. He's a good player. He was really good last year. And it's good to have good players. I don't know if you know this. It's one of the few takes about football that I have that's that's right. You need good players. And Tremont Williams was still a good player last year. It's unlikely he would be significantly worse this year. Is Chandon Sullivan the future? Probably. Am I really excited about what he can be? Absolutely. Was it awesome to talk to him? And if you missed our interview, should you go back to listen to it? Who's to say? I would say that yes. Yes, you should go do that. But Tremont Williams is... is Great insurance to have. And I don't understand why you wouldn't take that leap. Okay, now we have a little bit more context. It's also about Tremont saying, is this the right opportunity for me? Is the money right? Is the risk right? And maybe the I'm 90% going to play is, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a little bit hard to get. I want them to come to my number. And if they do, we'll go. And if they don't, you know, I know that I can always play in Minnesota. And and don't think that's crazy because they could use a veteran cornerback in the worst possible way. So just something to think about. Sorry that that's the last image that I'm leaving you with. But it's uh, it's possible. You know, I, I think, again, this is like the Everson Griffin situation. Uh, my, my guess is he'll be back. My guess. If he's going to play, if he's going to play in 2020, and it sounds like he is, you have to think it's going to be in Green Bay, especially if it's the case that the Packers would apparently love to have him back, which is what he said. So if that's the case, then I, I, I feel like he's got to be back. And, you know, do you need to see Josh Jackson? Do you need to see Kevin King? Do you need to see some of these other guys? Yeah, long term, you'd like to you'd like to see if they've got the juice, especially someone like Kevin King, who you might have to pay. But... You also want to try and win a Super Bowl. You want to build the best team that you can possibly build for 2020 because if the cap drops to 175 next year, the Packers are in some trouble, as are most teams. So the best thing to do is to try and go as much all-in as you can be right now. And maybe that's the case at all times. Certainly that's what the Seattle Seahawks are doing, even if I don't like the Jamal Adams trade. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. And... uh, got a lot more to talk about the, the quarterback tears came out Mike Sandoz piece came out and so I want to talk about that I want to talk about a story that I wrote about Alan Lazard and some of the stats that are there and, and why you should actually be excited about him as the number two receiver in this offense we'll get to that stuff and a lot more training camp set to be here veterans are going to be in town they're going to be tested follow me on Twitter Peter underscore Bukowski follow the podcast on Twitter locked on Packers 
You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thank you.